This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. As Christians, we should know that our God wants His children to think big, dream big, and hope big with little room for doubt and absolutely no room for discouragement or compromise. But when seeking God's favor for something really big, it can sometimes be difficult to see your prayer answered by results that seem to be discouragingly small. It seems only natural to ask, was what I hoped for too big? Was my faith not strong enough? Or driven by disappointment, did God even hear my prayer? In his popular three-day message of reassurance entitled, Staying Encouraged by Even the Smallest Results, Pastor Ray reminds those questioning their small blessings that God has not forgotten about them. He is still in control. He hears their prayers, and he expects thanks for even the smallest results. Because in true thanksgiving for the little will always come a return behind which something big and unexpected is about to happen. Be encouraged by small results. So often we're looking for the supernatural and the big things that, you know, you know we usually have our eye totally on the end result. And we get so distorted or our, our vision gets so distorted, we get so whacked out because we're looking for the end result that we don't, we fail to see the little blessings or miracles or things that God is doing along the way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, And um, if you fail to see all these little results along the way, you know, you're going to, and you just have your eye on the end result, you could get yourself into some sort of trouble. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to help people um, as a pastor to just continue. I think that that's the, the message of the hour is encouraging people to continue. For years we've sat and we've listened to the word, many of us, some of you obviously have plugged in recently. But for many of us, we, we sat and we listened to the word. We've been to different churches. We've been through different ministries. We've been through different styles. We've been through different doctrines. And we've learned so many great lessons and along the way. And, but, you know, we've had some troubles and whatever it be. But we're now at a place in our life where, uh, for whatever the reason may be, I don't know, but uh, we may be questioning. We may be doubting. There are some that are challenged. There are some that have become neutralized. They're in neutral um, the enemy has paralyzed them. And as a pastor, my, my, um, my job, and my ministry in particular, is to encourage people to just keep on going. Amen. Just the daily stresses that we go through. How many of you went through daily stresses today? Can, cha right? Challenge you, you know, you, you, you just, you don't know what to do sometimes. And um, so people can get very discouraged along the way. And, you know, I learned something a long time ago that the, the greatest tool that the enemy has in his arsenal of weapons that he uses against God's people is discouragement. There you go. If he can discourage you, he can, he can defeat you. Right. If he can discourage you, he can bring you down. If he can discourage you, he can stop you dead in your tracks, cause you to reverse and turn around, abandon the will of God for your life, give up, 
throw in the towel and, and just be neutralized. In fact, the greatest, the greatest thing that the enemy wants to do in your life, and I've been telling people this for many years, the greatest thing is not to, not to try to make you sick, you know, although that's a horrible thing, not to try to cause you to have an accident or try to kill you, although that's an awful thing. The greatest thing that the devil wants to do in your life is to neutralize you, to, to make you ineffective for God. Is everybody with me? And that's why sometimes he'll turn up the heat. He'll turn up the pressure. He'll, sometimes it'll be just so unbearable. Anybody ever been there? Anybody there right now? Right? It's so unbearable. The pressure comes up and you want to quit. And, but I'm going to tell you what, along the way, I found this in my life, God gives you small signs that he's working. Along the way, God reveals himself in sometimes the minutest or smallest little way, but it's those little things that we must be aware of that come our way that if we're not sensitive to the things of God or we're not paying attention, we might just overlook those things and just count them as ordinary. But really, when you think about them, they're extraordinary. Isn't it amazing how God knows how to bring the exact thing at the exact moment of time? Don't, don't think it's strange that you get that word of encouragement at that moment of time or that phone call from somebody that, you know, you were sitting all alone in your room and, and you know, depressed or whatever, and so-and-so called you and cheered you up or gave you a word from, from, from the Lord or shared a scripture with you. Don't, don't, don't ever overlook that because you need to be encouraged by the small results that you have in your life, the small things that happen. God is taking us to a great place, but along the way, you know, you're going to see little, little things. And sometimes they could be so small that if you overlook them, um, you, you'll, 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 you'll be missing, you'll be missing the hand of God. That's why I thank God for every little blessing. I thank God for every little encouragement. I thank God for every little step of progress. You may say, well, that wasn't really very much. But you, you need to learn to thank God for every little step and every little progress because whether you realize it or not, that is the hand of God moving in your life. And if you'll just trust, if you'll just keep your focus and continue to trust him and step it out in boldness and in courage, thanking him for every little blessing, every little manifestation, you will, I'm telling you what, you will see the full manifestation of God's blessing in your life. Uh, go to 1 Kings chapter uh, well, let's go to 18. I guess we can start at 18. Or actually seven, uh, 16. Let's go to 16. This is kind of a lengthy story, so I don't have time to get into the whole thing, but just to give you a little background so I can get you over to the portion I want to get you over to. This is a story about a man named Elijah. Well, Elijah was a prophet, but there was also a, a, a man named Ahab. And Ahab was, was the king at this particular time over Israel or the children of Israel, people of God. And um, the Bible says here in verse, if you look at verse 30, it says, Now Ahab, Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And it came to pass as though he had been, uh, let, me, let me read this again. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam and the sons of Nebat, um, that he took his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ithbal, uh, king and all these crazy names that we can't pronounce. But anyway, the story is basically that th th this is what he did is he trivialized sin. He made sin a trivial thing. So this, this, this king, Ahab, he, he trivialized sin so much so that he became so insensitive that he did ugly things. Like he started to, in verse 33, or actually 32, it says he set up an altar for Baal, which was a false god. 
and Ahab made a wooden image. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, God of Israel, to anger than all of the kings of Israel who were before him. So he did all of these ungodly things to provoke the anger of God. Well, God raised up a man of God, and that, that man, again, is Elijah. So it says in chapter 17 that Elijah gets raised up, and the story goes that God tells Elijah, said, listen, uh, I'm going to give you the Pastor Ray version so we can, said, listen, uh, you know, this, this guy Ahab is really screwing things up down there, and he's making such a mess, and I don't like it. So I'm going I'm to call a drought upon the land for three years. There's going to be a drought upon the land. And Elijah, you're the man that's going to proclaim that drought upon the land. So it says that Elijah, he tells him to get away. And he, you know the story, Elijah, uh, God brings Elijah to the brook and he drinks from the, he, he pronounces this, this uh, curse upon the land. He pronounces the drought. Everything starts to die. Everything starts to wither away. The people are starving. There's all kinds of misery because when there's no rain, nothing can grow. The time comes now and God says, okay, three and a half years p passes and, um, God says, okay, the drought is coming to an end. And he says, you know, God says, okay, now it's time for this, this drought to end. So if you go over to chapter 18 and verse 41, Elijah goes back. As a matter of fact, Ahab called Elijah the troubler because Ahab tried to, to pin the blame on Elijah because Elijah was the one that called the drought upon the earth. So God calls an end to the drought and he tells Elijah, you know, Get ready. So Elijah in verse 41 says to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Now, here's a man of God acting in faith. Here's the man of God acting in faith. There hasn't been rain for three and a half years. There's no sign of rain. The sky is as blue as blue can be. There's not a cloud anywhere to be found. The ground is all dried up. And but here the man of, man of God is listening to the Spirit of God who's telling him that rain is coming, the drought is over. The one who called the drought is now ending the drought. He says, the drought is over. He says, go tell Ahab that the drought is over. And he goes and he tells Ahab, eat, drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. But there was no rain in sight. He's calling those things that are not as though they were. See, the true, true person uh, of faith, uh, even though you may not see it, but you know it, that God has already promised it, that God has already spoken it, that you know by the Spirit of God, you know first by the Word of God and then by the Spirit of God that things are going to be a different, you know, in, in a different way than they have been or, or something's changing or whatever it be. You know it by the Spirit of God. The man or the woman of God is going to speak those things that are not as though they were. He says, go ahead and get ready for the sound. There is the sound of the abundance of rain. So he says, so Ahab went up to eat and to drink. Elijah went up on the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. Well, that just signifies that the man of God went down on his knees in prayer. And he turns to his servant. He had his servant following him. And he says, go up, look toward the sea. So he went up, he looked, and he said, there is nothing. There is nothing. Now, I would assume that Elijah didn't move from his position because when you've called the drought, and now God tells you, you know, and he went through all this stuff, and Ahab hates him, and Jezebel hates him, and everybody hates him, and he feels like he's all alone in this mess that God got him into. In the midst of all this, God says, now there's going to be rain, and he, he, 
He's been living in this drought for three and a half years. There's not a cloud in the sky. There's not been a drop of rain from the sky. Everything is dried up. Everything is withering away. God said there's going to be an abundance of rain. And he tells Ahab and tells his servant, there's going to be an abundance of rain. You go out and look and tell me what you see. And the servant comes back and says, I ain't seen nothing. So the man of God tells his servant, you go up and you take a look. The man of God, what's the man of God? He isn't even looking. It's like me. Say, I don't even look. I let others pray. I go pray by myself and let them look. He's not even looking. He's down on the top of Carmel with his head between his legs like this in, in a state of prayer because he knows that God said an abundance of rain's come, but there's nothing, nothing, nothing. There's nothing. The sky's as blue as could be. The sun is shining as bright as it shined for three and a half years. There ain't a sign of change anywhere. There ain't a sign of a drop of rain anywhere. Yet he tells the, he tells the servant, you go up there, tell me what you see. The guy comes back. He shoves his toes. Nothing. <laughs> so I don't see nothing. The sky's still blue. It's still hot. still dry. There ain't a drop of moisture anywhere. So he says, he says to him, so he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. Now notice what it says, and seven times he said, go again. So here the guy comes back the first time, excuse me, there's nothing. Elijah says to him, go back and look again. God told me that there is rain coming. The forecast is rain. The sign is that there ain't no rain anywhere. Haven't been for three and a half years. He says, go back. Goes back a second time. Comes back. Says to him, sir, there ain't nothing but the same sky with the same sun. It's still hot. It's still dry. There ain't a drop of moisture anywhere. And Ahab looks at him and says, son, go back a third time. Goes back a third time. Comes back says, sir, I hate to report it again, but the sun is still shining. The sky is still blue. Notice that, that Elijah ain't looking. <laughs> if you're going to walk by faith, you can't look. If you're going to walk by faith and trust God, your eyes can't be on, listen, your eyes can't be on the results. Your eyes have to be on the Word of God. The eyes have to be on God. Your, your eyes have to be on Jesus. You, you can't be looking for the results. He sent somebody else to look for the results. So, so he comes back a, third, a fourth time, and, and you know, he sends him a fourth time. The servant comes and says, Sir, I, I hate to tell you this, I have bad news for you, but there ain't nothing but a shining sun, a blue sky, there ain't no moisture anywhere, the ground is still barren, and I don't know, I hope you're hearing from God, because there ain't, there ain't not one bit of, uh, of, the, of the appearance of rain anywhere. And Elijah just, in his position of prayer, I, I just, get, get a load of this, man, I mean, just get a load of this. I mean, just get, a, just get a picture of Elijah. Every time the man came back, it was a, it was a report of doubt, of doubt basically. It, it was not, let me, let me say it this way. It was, it was not a good report. Every time he came back, it was not, hey, yeah, it looks like it's going to rain. Every time he came back, fourth time, fifth time he goes out, comes back, same report. Sixth time he goes out, comes back, same report. Six times he came back with absolutely nothing. Six times nothing changed. Does that sound like anybody here? Does that sound like your circumstance or your situation? You're praying, you're believing, you're giving, you're standing on the word, and it looks like nothing is changing. Well, the, the word of the Lord to us tonight is keep on looking. 
Keep on standing. Keep on going. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. If it didn't happen on the first time, it didn't happen on the second time, it didn't happen on the third time, it didn't happen on the fourth time, most people would have quit after the fourth time. And Elijah says the seventh time, go again. You just go again. And he says, so he went up and he looked and he said, this is what he did on the seventh time, he said, there is nothing, and seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. There is a cloud the size of a man's hand? Elijah says, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. What? The cloud the size of a man's hand? This is God's blessing after all I've been doing. This is all I get. This little, I mean, somebody gave me a $10 blessing and I've been sowing hundreds and thousands and only $10 came back. Someone blessed me and gave me a Pentecostal handshake with a $10 bill. Is that what I get? No, no, I'm going to tell you what, you see, the difference between you and Elijah, the very first sign of the smallest thing, he began to give God glory and praise and say, rain is coming. There's the sign that God is about to move. There's the sign that God is about to do something. The abundance is right behind that cloud. The abundance is right behind that little blessing that you just got, that little breakthrough you just got, that little reward that you got, that little, that little whatever you receive. That's the, that's, that's the first sign of the abundance. The abundance is behind the cloud the size of a man's hand. So whatever comes your way, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. You see, that's why you've got to learn to thank God for the small results. You've got to learn to thank him for every step of the way. You've got to thank him for the smallest little thing. When someone gives me the smallest blessing, I say, hallelujah, the abundance is behind that little blessing. The, the abundance is behind that little breakthrough. The abundance is behind that little thing that just happened in my, that little inroad, that little door that opened, that little crack Hallelujah. that opened. Behind that is the abundance. But see, if you're not careful, you're going to overlook that stuff. Do you know God's doing something in your life? God is moving in your life in a supernatural way. Thank God for the small results because behind that small result, is something big. The abundance lies behind the smallest of blessings that come your way. Here's the proof of it. God just wanted to see how the man of God was going to react. See, see, that's proof, that's proof too. That you see, God doesn't just, let, let's, let's get this fallacy dealt with. Often people say, well, I prayed, I believed, and you know, it's so hard. And Well, you know, I don't want to say it this way, but because I don't want anyone to misunderstand what I'm trying to say, but sometimes God doesn't make it easy. It's not that he makes it hard. We make it hard because if we would learn to walk by faith and trust him, it would be easy. Because we know that we know that we know that we know that God is not a man that he should lie, that his word works, that if we will trust the word and stand on the word and believe the word, that the results will be good. One way or another, God's going to make it good. The Word's going to work in our life. But often people get frustrated. And that man, see, sometimes it's not easy. It's not easy to, to walk by faith because you don't see it. But God wants you to express faith. 
Because the only thing that gets God's attention, the only way you access the blessings of God is by faith. And I think, you know, I think, and that, that story goes on to say that he goes and tells Ahab, and Ahab, you know, gets his chariot ready and gets everything done, and, and all of a sudden, when Elijah said those words, it says, um, he says, go tell Ahab to prepare his chariot and go, go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So the rain came after the man of God stood his ground, proclaimed it, declared it, wouldn't quit, wouldn't give up. Faith has to be persistent. Faith has to be how always have a watchful eye on what it expects or what it's expecting or what it's believing God for. And it has to keep on going. It has to keep on looking. It has to keep on believing. It has to keep on thanking God. And then when the first signs start to come in, that's when faith starts to rejoice. And when the first sign came in and Elijah accepted it as the sign from God, only then did the sky fill up with dark black clouds and only then did the abundance start to fall upon the land. That teaches me something about my walk of faith. I got to stay with it. I got to keep on going. I got to keep my eye expecting. I got to keep my, my focus on the end result. I have, to, I, have to, I, have to, I have to just believe God every day and keep walking in it and keep thanking him and as the small signs come my way, know that behind these small things that are happening, lies the abundance. The abundance is right behind every small blessing. And until I recognize, receive, and hold, and thank God for those smallest of things that he sends my way, only then will I see the fullness of the blessing that God wants to bring and put into my life. The fulfillment of the word of God. You got to thank God every step of the way. But often, see, I think that sometimes people are always looking for the the grandiose. We're always looking for the big. How come this? Well, that's why I say, listen, you, you may be believing God for prosperity or increase in your life financially or something, or maybe a new job, but you first of all have to thank him for the job you have. You may not be, you know, satisfied with where you are, but you've got to recognize it as God having brought you here. And it may be the smallest of things that you see happening, but you need to thank God every day. Thank you, Jesus. It may, be the, it may be the cloud the size of a man's hand, but I know behind that cloud, the size of a man's hand, there is abundance coming my way. There is abundance coming my way. And if you thank him for it, you recognize it as the hand of God, don't you discount anything that, that comes your way. As you, 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 you count it as God. Don't discount it. As being God. You count it as being God. You say, thank you for that blessing. Thank you for that increase. Thank you for that open door or that crack. Thank you for what you begin to thank God for that stuff. Behind every one of those small things lies the abundance of God's blessing in your life. So, so be encouraged by the small results or the small things that you see in, in your life and what God is doing, because behind it, if you'll accept it, lies the big stuff that you're wanting and seeking and desiring in your life. Can I get a better amen than that tonight? Praise the Lord. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.